0: welcome your presence in this place. Lord, you were already here before we got here, though. So, Lord, I just ask that you would open our hearts, open our minds to hear your word that you have for us today. Lord, the distractions that come against us, Lord, you have already defeated them and removed them from this place, Lord. And God, I just ask that the words that come out of my mouth this morning, amen, to your glory and the words of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So the uh, the Lord laid on my heart over the last, oh, I don't know, probably about two weeks something that is a part of our relationship with him, and that is obedience. It's a huge part of our relationship to him. So I want to start out, and I want to read to you, and you can follow along if you want to. It's Matthew 16, verses 21 to 26. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So I want to talk about obedience. And obedience, I've been brought to this understanding. You think about obedience and what it is, and you're just thinking about doing what somebody has asked you to do. Um, You know, you're raised as a kid, and you're looking at your mom and dad, and they tell you, Hey, go take the trash out. Hey, go clean your room. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Hey, everything like that. And you as a child willingly, sure, obey. At least, you know, I did. Did I not, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to have them here. It's a, it's a huge blessing to see Mom and Dad here. That's more than just the active approach of doing what you were told. Um... There's two parts to it. It's an active part, and it's also this part. It's called passive part. And Jesus' life, the example in which we're to follow, is a direct reflection of what it is to be fully obedient to God. And it happened that way from the beginning. It says, because he already knew that he was going to have to suffer many things, be led to the cross, take on so much affliction in the process thereof, and then die a gruesome death on that cross. He knew that from the beginning, that that was his purpose. And all through his life and all through his ministry as he walked, that was the end of where he was going. But through there, he still had to actively and passively obey. See, he encountered affliction and opposition from the Pharisees. You know, he got scorned, he got rejected at all costs. He encountered the, the, the ailments and the sicknesses that he was led to to heal and to show the glory of God. He was in the processes of healing people, which these outsiders looking in thought was, not okay because they were so steadfast on the law that this could not be possible he even raised Lazarus from the dead but his key aspect to all of his walk was his relationship with God through prayer prayer in itself is our communion with God our Father We hear from him if we're willing to listen, and we talk to him, just like me and you. But we have to be willing to listen in order that we're able to obey. How else are we supposed to know what we're supposed to do? How else are we supposed to know what God has called us to? Peter didn't understand that. Peter didn't understand why Jesus had to die. So he began to rebuke them, you know. Like, you, you're not going to do that. Well, he was looking through eyes like we always look through. Some, you know, a lot of times our eyes are so focused on the outward. We, we, don't, we don't listen. We don't understand the depth of what something might be. So we, we relate to Peter in that. I want to bring you to the city of the, the city of Ephesus. That, I, that Paul went there. He went there twice, that I know of, that, I, that I've read about. The first time it was for a couple weeks, and then he left it to a couple other brothers to continue the processes of of, of walking out the gospel. Um, and then the second. Second time he was there for a couple of years, but Ephesus was this like humongous, magnificent business epicenter. Like it was huge in Asia Minor. It was like one of the biggest places, and you just imagine like this big port city. You know, it's got everything going on, and a lot of well nowadays it's tall buildings and and, and a whole lot of people and everything like that. But back then, you know, it was a huge trade port. Like it was huge, but it was also hugely corrupt. had a lot of like magicians and sorcerers and, and things of that nature, spirits of evil influence like it was big as far as, as far as the superstitions and, and things like that go. so it was hard. but Paul went there because he was called to go there because he was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles and he went, and through his travels through the different cities in Asia Minor, this was one of his stops. So he had a lot of opposition, but he found favor with the Lord in everywhere he went. So I want you to imagine yourself being Paul. and You've been called to go to this place. Oh, let's just say... David Thompson has been called to go to Singapore. All right, when are you going? See, the thing is, is Paul didn't question, or at least we don't know that he questioned these things because Paul had been called. The scales had fell from his eyes back at his conversion, so he was seeing how God was seeing, and he was obediently following His call. And in a paraphrased type of way, Paul was doing this at whatever cost it was going to be to him. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Paul had that no matter where he went. No matter where he was, whether he was in prison, wherever he might have been. He had that attitude. So David, do you got that attitude? I'm calling you out, I'm just like David, you know, you're sitting right here, so you're very easily available. It says, so I want to bring you to this thing where, you know, it says later on in in John's revelation in the book of Revelations, chapter 2, where it speaks of the church of Ephesus. The Lord had quite a commendation about the works, about how the church had grown and how they had walked out these, these, these steps that they had, they had been led to do. And, you know, we do that a lot. You know, we do things, you know. But I'm here to tell you, it doesn't take anybody special to go out and give to charity. Anybody can do that. Anybody can go out and work at a mission and distribute food. Anybody can do that. And this is the active obedience part, but a lot of times we forget the passive obedience part. And uh, Ephesus had forgotten and left behind the passive part. They had gotten comfortable in their in their walk. We get comfortable in our walk. We get a little complacent and sit back with ease. I mean, we live in America. We're not highly persecuted yet. We don't have to worry about somebody, generally somebody coming up and, shooting you for your for the name of Christ because you hold true to that. You know, it's not big here in America yet. So we get comfortable. And we end up being a couch potato. And we go and do just as long as it's easy, just as long as it's comfortable and we can sit on our couch and be comfortable. It's not too hard to go down to the mission and you know distribute food or go down and give something to a local charity. Yeah, I can do that. You know, I can do that. But let's go to Singapore. Let's leave our families behind. Let's go to a country that does have mass persecution of Christians, Nigeria, anywhere of that nature. That's not so easy, is it? well Ephesus was the for it and they they ended up getting admonished for it you know the the lord says look you've left your first love you've lost sight of me you're doing this for your name and not mine so This is what I require of you. I require of you to come back and repent. I'm asking you because I love you and because I want our relationship reestablished, repent and come back to your first love. Come back so these works are glorifying to me. How often do we get that correction? So, I want, to, I want to bring you to this man by the name of Isaiah. We know Isaiah. We know that one day he was sitting there and the Lord came to him. And his answer was, here I am, Lord, send me. That's what our attitude should be. Wherever it is, whatever the cost, Lord, send me. The, Jesus said that we must deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Him. So I ask you what it means to deny yourself and take up your cross. What is the cross? You know, what does it mean to take up your cross? Well, you look at a cross, and in the general aspect of things, it is a symbol of, like, death, because, well, Jesus died on it. It was a way of execution. It's a symbol of, of death, but it's more than that. The cross that he's talking about is all, excuse me, is all of these things that we hold on to that prevents us from, at any cost, going where he sends us. It's all of these things that we have in our human nature that we must deny and lay out before him at the cross. See, the cross was our sin. The cross was our... Yeah, the cross was that. And he took that with him to the grave. So we're called to deny ourselves and follow. Pick up our crosses, lay it at that of his and follow him. Because he says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, yet whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. We can be couch potatoes, but we're saving our life here. We're taking the life of ease and comfort say or we can say, here I am send me and it doesn't matter what this physical body is going to suffer because glory goes to you and not to me Lord and I don't know about you guys, but I want to find that abundant life that Jesus is talking about And in our relationship with him, this obedience, this active obedience of walking out can never happen to the glory of God without passively saying, Lord, I humble myself before you no matter what the cost, no matter what the strain, I will follow you and I will go because it's for your glory that's passive obedience that's the aspect that the Ephesian church left out after they got comfortable so Matthew chapter 19 verses 16 to 22 reads this is the rich man the parable of the rich man and the kingdom of God," it says. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, "Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life?" Jesus says, "Why do you ask me about what's good? There's only one who's good. If you want to enter the inner life, keep the commandments. Which ones?" He explained. Exclaimed. Jesus replied. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. And the man looks at Jesus and says, All of these I've kept. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. The sad follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. The man desired to have his possessions and wealth more than he desired to have the life that Jesus wanted to give him. I've been guilty of that. I've desired things that I've had greater than I've had the desire to want to go out and, uh, well, stand up here and preach it's not easy I can tell you for sure it's not easy there's a lot of people in here you know it's scary especially looking at David up here in front and talking about Singapore <laughs> see you can think that you know, you're not good enough to do this thing but you know what here's the thing God has called you to a purpose and whatever purpose he has called you to he's already been there and laid it out made a path for you to walk down. He's already given you favor. He's already prepared that. Walk in it. And he says that to us. But we can't actively walk this path that he's laid out without giving up everything that we hold on to to hold us off of that path. We can't do it. You can't have one without the other, for the glory of God. Our call to obedience is our direct relationship with God himself. If our prayer life is suffering, then our ears of our heart are suffering because there's no way that we're going to be in tune with what he's wanting us to go do or what he's telling us to go speak or who he's telling us to go minister to. How are we going to hear if we're not actually in communion with him listening? We're to follow Christ's example. Jesus prayed everywhere. He went off by himself. He took some people with him but he had direct line of communication with his father. Garden of Gethsemane, he went out. Lord, take take this cup from me. Is there any other way that this could ever happen? Yet not my will, but yours be done. No matter the cost, I know what it's going to cost me, but I know what it's going to do to glorify you that you love, what it's going to do to to be able to have a way of salvation for these people that you love. So not my will, but yours be done. It's a direct line of communication. I have one more scripture that I want to read. And it's found in Luke chapter 14. and it's verses 25 to 33 if you'd like to read along. It's be about being having the cost of being a disciple. It says large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them he said if anyone comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. That's rough. That is rough. Not, he's not saying that you're going to hate with an evil desire. It's saying, look, I'm number one. I'm your first love. These cannot be ahead of me. You cannot be my disciple if this is ahead of me. says, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay down the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Sounds a lot like the church of Ephesus to me. They they kept trying to build, and it's not really getting built because of, there's no direct relationship there anymore. First love was left behind. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able, with ten thousand men, to oppose the one coming against him with twenty thousand? If he's not able, he'll send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile, and it's thrown out. Whoever has ears, let them hear. It's anything for you to go and do all these other things without first saying at whatever cost so that it glorifies you let this be done nothing the salt is not salty anymore God has called us to a place of relationship through Jesus Christ how strong is your relationship? Mine's still growing. I'm still learning. Two by four treatment still hurts. <laughs> but he's drawing me nearer as I trust that each one of you is being drawn nearer to him. That's what he desires. He doesn't desire us to go out by ourselves without sight of him and go to try to do all these things. That's not his desire. That's human concern. That's not godly concern. Father God, I thank you for the opportunities that you have placed before us. God, help us to be in line with you, to put nothing else before you so that we are able to give you glory and obey with at whatever cost, that you get the glory, not us. God, it's for the growth of your kingdom that you've called us to these things. But God, we can't do it if our salt's not salty. And we can't do it if we put things of this world above and ahead of you. Lord, humble us Draw us to you. Convict us of our selfishness and help us to become selfless to your will and your desire. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.